1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. In this episode, today we have with us Raj Tanwar, who is the Chief Human Resource Officer with Advantage Club and also the Advisory Council Member at Forbes. Hi Raj, thank you for coming and joining us today. How are you?
0: Hi Radhi, I'm doing great and thank you so much for inviting me to this podcast.
1: It's a pleasure having you here, Raj. So Raj, just to set some context about you and what you do, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your career journey till now?
0: Yeah, sounds good. Um, So basically, uh, I'm a son of an army officer and myself wanted to be an army. Um, But for um, uh, some medical reasons, I decided to change my career option and here I am as a part of my HR profession. HR uh, has happened to me by design. You know, um, when I did my graduation, I did it in um, you know, obviously I pursued my management uh, in my graduation. Also, And that point of time, also I did it in HR. And then subsequently, after that, my post graduation, I did it in HR. Even my qualification till date. So I've studied a lot. By the way, I hold close to around seven postgraduate degrees. Uh, all are in the field of human resources, directly or indirectly correlated. Like my very recent you know completions of a degree which is there into design thinking and human centric design and that is what we severely lack in the area of hr so uh, my entire career progression has been into hr and you can say that my life is dedicated to hr so that's what i am as a as a professional but then i have other side to it um, you know um, like I, i'm i'm a big tech enthusiast uh, because uh, i personally feel that tech is the future and uh, i also run same like you i run a very successful channel called as true tech reporter where i work as a chief reporter reporting about the technology advancements that are coming in the world. So that's me in in, in a snapshot and that's what I do.
1: Yeah, all right. So your ride has been definitely exposed to plethora of opportunities and learning experience. I'm sure today we'll get a lot of content from our conversation. Uh, So you know, I was going through your profile and there's a statement quoted by you like career cushioning as a trend was there in the past and is here to stay. So for our listener, can you uh, please explain the term what exactly career cushioning is and how can professional assess their current financial stability and determine if they need to implement career cushioning strategies
0: Sure see I have uh, I- I'll 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 answer this question into two parts uh, one It's been there for quite some time, and I'll explain how and why. So let me give you my background. You know, I started my career in early 2000. Uh, I started with manufacturing setup, and then after that, since then, I have been a CHRO or HR leader in companies like iShare Engineering Solution, Ponch Lloyd, Suppla Pharmaceuticals, Thomas Cook, and Concentric. So I have seen both, uh, you know, companies which are into brick and mortar, you know, old, uh, old economy companies. And I've also seen pharma and IT, all three. And I found somewhere or other career questioning has been a part of people's profile. Uh, Either they have been explicit about it or implicit doesn't matter. But career questioning has been there in the past and it's been here to stay in the future too. Like, let me explain what I mean by that in the second part. See, today's world, you know, we have moved away from, um, you know, we used to talk about, you know, kind of, um, you know, Zen Z, X, Y, Z. Today, the world is of more, you can say that alpha and zoomers and uh, they are actually living and breeding technology. Yes. So the career options and the learning options that are available to them are far more available and accessible as in comparison with the past, wherein still they were doing it. So yes. what is the contrasting difference in between past and now? Earlier, people were pursuing their dreams and hobby, which they have left as a part of career questioning. So let's take an example: if somebody is a great photographer, but they couldn't be one, so what they have done is they tried doing kind of a sidekick business and or or something like that and they have still pursued alternate career skilling option. That is a kind of a fallback at any given point of time. But today, if you look at it, uh, why to go far away? I can take my own example. I've been an HR professional myself, uh, but I've handled role in marketing and at present my present role is into strategy. And when I'm a part of strategy, I have not only completed my education and strategy from Columbia Business School. At the same time, I'm right now pursuing my uh, post-graduation from Indian School of Business in product management. So what I'm trying to do here, what I'm trying to do is again upskill myself and keep myself ready for any opportunity that comes my way uh, wherein uh, you know as uh, as said very well said by darwin evolution theory it's the survival of the fittest world you have to be ready you have to be ready with the changes that are happening in the in, in your world and i feel that the, today as i said uh, you know these alpha and zuma they're far more prepared than us either in terms of their hobbies or in terms of their career pursuing option i think they pursue it very well it's been happening in the past too but now it is happening very evidently as a part of either their passion or career by design so that's what I mean meant by that
1: yeah all right I'm sure as you highlighted that upskilling is very important nowadays so people are really trying to do this and I'm sure listeners would agree on this so talking about the current situations like what are the what are some of the tips you have for handling difficult HR situations such as terminations and layoffs since a lot hasn't spoken about layoffs in the season so how do you think it can be handled?
0: See, that's something very strange, Radhi. Really. We are living in a very, very difficult world. You know, we are calling it VUCA or Bani, or you can call this world anything. But okay. one thing is for sure in today's world, the uncertainty is there at its peak. What Definitely. I mean by that. Uh, six months back, just six months back, we were talking about great resignation. We were talking about the best of the strategies to retain talent. Okay. You know, well-being, engagement, employee experience, whatnot. we were doing. Six months fast forward, today we are talking about layoff. Okay. The same employee that you were trying to retain six months back you are now thinking of how to get rid of them. So it's a very, very uncertain world. And again, fall back on my previous question. Uh, You know, if you have prepared yourself with great career questioning, you will not have any problem. But let's come to this question of yours, which is how we can handle it better as HR professionals. See, there are a few things that we have to look at. One, layoff has never been easy for anyone, either for HR company or the employees themselves. But as HR professional, what we need to do is we need to evaluate various options that are available first. What I mean by that is check if there is a relocation option available, transfer to any other role, any other location unit, or if it's possible, if you can enhance the job role of that person. So that's what we should do as the first one. The second option, try to explore, even if you do a salary cut, uh, you know, either for the people which is there into that role or for some senior management employees, like I'm a huge fan of uh, Apple. You know, if you look at the CEO, uh, Tim, he has taken a salary cut of 50 million rather than he's retrenching people uh, down the line. And Apple is the only company which does not retrench people. So I think a beautiful example uh, set, but even in certain cases, there are employees who come back and say that I'm ready to take a salary cut, if so be the case alike. Uh, I'm not saying it's a best practice, but I'm saying everything has to be explored. If possible, salary cut across a particular function, if it is required, rather than laying off 10,000, 20,000 people, rather do a salary cut at that level it's required allow if possible sabbaticals you know and and let people stay on role for some time and let them search for a job you know another option is swapping you know the change the status of employer uh, change the status of employee from an employer side to a consulting assignment to a retainer to a part-timer do something but keep themselves at least on the roles of the company so that it's easy for them to find another job so that's how we should do as hr professional in terms of absolute looking at layoff now let's take an example layoff is inevitable you know after everything that you've done it is going to happen the first thing we should do is let's not make it public you know and and communicate in person now the moment it goes public it creates unwanted panic not only for people in the same company but even in the industry it creates an unwanted panic mm-hmm. now somebody will still argue and say that no people will get to know about it does that blah 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 but if you Uh, listen to if i'm sure you've heard to my previous tips that i've told you if you take care of them and you do it sensitively and you do it in patches and parts it doesn't go out and i have done it myself and it works beautifully well so don't make it public the second is retain the essential benefits if you still have to do layoff essential benefits what i mean by that medical insurance is very very important you know people have their life attached to it there are parents uh, you know and, and and there are families which are going through medical treatment and one fine day somebody just cut off the you know umbilical cord doesn't work like that you know what happens to you as uh, showing yourself as a humane organization and one kind Friday, of you just left the people on the road so don't do it as my advice the second is uh you know if if possible give extended notice period so if typically notice period is one month try to give it three months six months you know defer it as much as possible
1: yeah
0: Another thing is people need money when they are laid off because suddenly there is a mental pressure that what's going to happen to me for the next six months, nine months. You give better statutory dues, settle them on time, settle faster. Be generous, you know. Let's take an example: if it's gratuity, you know, gratuity is like uh, fifteen days of salary for every year of services that you have done. Instead of fifteen days, can you make it a month? No, so be human, you know. Show that face that is more essential. Uh, People have essential events that are coming as a part of their life. Marriage, medical, education for kids. Try to understand each individual's issue and try to see if you can help them as a company. Provide outplacement services if as there. And last but not the least, if nothing is possible, I said it a minute back too. you know, keep them on roles for the next six months. Either agree with the employee that you will not be paid anything, but still it'll keep them happily engaged. And for some time, it will be easy for them to find jobs. So there is no easy answer, but I have just suggested some of the strategies from a past that you can use uh, to make this painful exercise a little better for both the sides.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Great suggestions quoted by you. And because we have discussed on these issues, and we know layoffs is happening because of our past year situations. So talking about the past year situation, especially owing to lockdowns and virtual setups in pandemic, we have seen a lot of changes in term of how company functions. So have you also seen like have ways of working evolved in HR as well. Like if yes, then where is HR progressing globally and in India?
0: Yeah, it's a yeah. very, very interesting perspective and question. Let me say that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. HR actually is changing a lot, you know, specifically post pandemic. In fact, during pandemic, but I'm not going to talk about it because enough is talked about pandemic. But after pandemic, there's another HR evolution that is happening right now. What I mean by that, let's build a perspective to this conversation so that you understand. See, HR was more focused towards engagement. Now they are more focusing towards employee experience. And very soon you would see this employee experience, so-called we call it as EX, will become very soon DX, which is digital employee experience. The difference in between both will be digital empathy is going to take over employee experience. Now it's, it's a little detailed term what i mean by that and i'll try to simplify it for you because of employee experience we have infused so much of technology in an employees life that there are 20 30 app in certain organization that an employee is exposed to and they get overwhelmed by it and ultimately the usage of all the apps and technology drop dramatically what does digital empathy does A digital empathy is based on cognitive learning i would say comfort and most important customer-led or employee-led empathy map, which let them decide at what time I need what technology to support myself the best. So I see a, a shift that is happening from employee engagement to employee experience to very soon, DEX, which is Digital Employee Experience. I also see shift happening from DEI to belong. We have talked a lot about, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. But that's not going to yield your result unless you create a sense of belongingness. And that's more of a cultural element that you'll have to create in the workplace. I see there was a time when brands were known as biggies, you know, like best of the world, like Amazon, Google, and so on and so forth. Now, if you look at it, instead of brand, companies are creating competitive edge. What have they known for? You know, startup world is disrupting everything. And startup doesn't have a great brand, but they have a competitive edge. So that has been communicated about. From well-being, HR is moving towards hypercare. What I mean by hypercare is that means my choice, my device my exercises or my activities and in my space. So everything is about me. You know, for somebody, well-being going to a gym means well-being. For somebody listening to a great music well-being, you know, to somebody uh, learning a new course is a great mental well-being exercise. So well-being is moving from well-being to hyper-care. Performance management system to reward and recognition. Benefits to flexible benefits. That means I don't want complete salary. Give me a part of my salary. Certain things I want to buy stocks, a part of it I want to invest and learn. So from benefits, we are moving to flexible benefits. From offices, we have already moved on hybrids. And in in my opinion, hybrids are the future. Um, The second thing, flexi will rule the workplace. What I mean by that, that means my desk, my role, my choice, my well-being, my engagement, everything is flexible. You decide. And from an HR standpoint, if you have two more phenomena which are going to impact the HR field or work in general or I would say future of work. The first is Web 3.0. It's going to come back. It's like a bubble, you know, dot-com bubble that happened. It busted for time being but it did come back and today we understand the power of dot-com in our lives the same way Web 3.0 is here to stay. If you have to create the future of work and future of engagement and the future of digital technology, you have to decentralize. There is no way Web 3.0 is not going to come and I'm a great believer of that and it's going to come in hr also and second is uh, i would say both workplaces and for hr industry 5.0 is 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 the mantra wherein all three p would rule the world which is first get people people will get you profits and with profits you would have to give it back to the planet Mm -hmm. so it's very simple focus on people people will give you profits profits will give you planet and that's how it's going to be industry 5.0 so that's how i feel that both future of work and hr is shaping up in in the time coming
1: ahead yeah definitely that was some great point brought up by you and the term you have bought is digital employee experience thank you for bringing this term and highlighting it because i'm sure many of our listeners were not aware of this term before so okay moving to the next question as someone who has been in hr for a very long time i think it's definitely great to ask from you so i wanted to know that like what according to you are some of the most creative solutions for attracting and retaining top talents in the f- startup with limited resources
0: yeah i'm i'm living it right now you know i have always been part of great organizations Great brand. I've been in a leadership role as I've heard but right now in my present role I'm, I'm living two lives at the same time one mm-hmm. being a part of Forbes Global Human Resources Council yeah. as a part of the advisory board member but at the same time uh, I'm the CHRO and CSO Chief Strategy Officer at Advantage Club which is a startup. This is a beautiful contrast I can tell you and the only way to retain talent and it's a learning for me too. I have I've personally uh, seen it and let me confess it here on this podcast so I, I feel that for Startup. It's it's important to sell a vision, not a job. See, uh, when you when you uh, hire for companies which are like uh, you know good to great companies, you know you offer them a great brand, you offer them a great experience. But for startup, what do you have? You have a you have the best vision. Yeah. You're a disruptor in the field. So you you. I would rather say you you sell a vision, don't sell a job. Selling a job is not going to work in startup. And people who associate themselves as a as a part of the startup also. Um, for that particular scene. And I have been very, very successful. Whenever I've sold vision and I have learned this from my own founder, uh, uh, that uh, he sells a vision and that's how he sold it to me. And I'm replicating it and I'm realizing it works beautifully well. If you sell vision, not a job, that's the first thing. The second is uh, when you sell vision, build a tribe, you know, don't hire employees. Hire everyone as a tribe member and behave like a tribe, move like a tribe, treat everyone like a tribe together. What I mean by that is that It's a small little cohesive team. Wherever you do, whatever you do, whatever you discuss, discuss it together. In short, what I mean to say is work on agile methodology. And when this agile method works, it works so beautifully well. Because there are all these five phases that you see, which is envision, speculate, explore, adapt. And the most important, when you close the circle, the sense of achievement that you get in startup is far more immense um, As in comparison, when you work for a big company, because in big company, you're lost face. But in a small startup, when you work in the agile method, and when you achieve something, the sense of accomplishment is so phenomenal. And the amount of celebration and satisfaction is so phenomenal that you cannot compare it with any other thing. And that's the kind of, I would say, dopamine that you get when you work for a startup. The last and most important thing in a startup, the culture. You have to have a very right culture because uh, they're hands full of people. A small little malpractice or a small little miscommunication can absolutely hamper the, the motivation of the tribe that you have built. So um, that's how my mantra has been. But uh, believe you me, I'm loving my stint at startup and enjoying every bit of it. In fact, I would say I'm living a life of an entrepreneur, uh, which I always wanted to live. So th- that's what I do. And that's how I sell or that's how I hire people for uh, startups.
1: Glad to hear this. And you've answered it really very well. So I'm sure definitely whoever is listening, this will definitely get benefit from this. So yeah, this brings us to the end of our conversation. But before we leave, uh, what do you think are the most important skills and qualities that HR professionals should possess to be successful? Also, if you could please mention your key learnings in your HR career it would be great
0: great yeah uh, I have to think about it a little more uh, let me take my example and I share with you you know I'm I'm fall back year 2005 when for the first time I moved to a place called Singapore and that was my first international assignment uh, we Indians are very good at Jogad just in time <laughs> but I went when I went there I realized how important uh, you know uh, timing is how important planning is how important certain other factors were which were very very essential for me to assimilate into new culture. So uh, my first learning is that uh, as an HR professional or as future skills that you're trying to build yourself in HR, one, get a multicultural experience. Now, if you're not fortunate enough to get it outside the country, it doesn't matter. If you're somebody who's worked up in north, try to explore an option in East. If you worked in East, go to West. If West, go to South. Try to learn multicultural experience because it's all about culture, the differentiator in between good to great places. Is only going to be culture and great talent. So, first advice is one, move out of your comfort zone. Get mobile, learn something better in terms of geography, culture, and how to manage people. The second is uh, multi scaling. You know, I I just shared an example. I'm an HR professional. I personally feel my marketing skills are as strong as any of any of the marketers. You know, I've learned all the marketing strategy, media planning, media budgeting, for that matter of fact, ATL, BTL, TTL, you know, digital content marketing, performance marketing. I can go on and on and on. And I can tell you that today I feel so confident about myself that if nothing else, you know, um, I can maybe, uh, you know, start the venture that I already have, True Tech Report, I may start publishing it digitally and I take it to the next level. So I would say that multi-skilling is very important. At the same time, uh, I shared my own example with you that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a student of uh, human-centered design, design thinking, product management, and my learning journey is still on. So multi-skill, it's very, very important. Uh, the third thing I would say in the time coming ahead, if you do not know even the basics of it, learn the basics of AI and ML. Uh, that's how the future is going to be. Um, So I would say that uh, there are three, four things. One culture, second is multi-skilling, third is technology. And fourth and most important, uh, you need to know how to adapt to situation and manage your stakeholders. So I would say these are the things which are very, very essential. Uh, stop saying that in HR, you are an enabler. Uh, you you are the business. Uh, gone are those days. Not going to work. These are all gyan. What I personally feel is that uh, if if um, you know, if, if, if oil has always been something that world has fought over, believe you me, in coming time, data is the new oil. And you would realize the amount of data churning that HR has to do with is going to be far more phenomenal that what you have done so far you know employers would start working on employee behavior in the same way they are working on consumer behavior we are still working on that but that's not too much of work that is happening Uh, you know i've in my entire 22 years 22 years of career i have only worked once on a predictive analytical modeling of human behavior i think that is going to be the future so i may be talking about certain things which are ahead of time but i feel that there are skills that you need to acquire and you have you haven't you are never late Just go out there, acquire these skills. They're very, very important for the future of HR and for yourself. So that will be my advice to all the people.
1: Great point brought up by you. I'm sure there's a lot of takeaway from the content you have shared today. So thank you for sharing this, uh, Raj. So this brings us to the end of our conversation. Uh, But before we leave, can you tell our listeners where they can reach out to you?
0: I'm available on all the major uh, social media platforms, which is I'm available on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Um, And for that matter of fact, Instagram too. And I can be reached on all these, uh, you know, platform either by my name or True Tech Reporter. That's how I'm known as.
1: Okay, great. Thank you, Raj. It was lovely hosting you today.
0: Pleasure is all mine, Redi. And thank you so much. I enjoyed every bit of this conversation. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.